Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. First, I want to say thank you for the opportunity, pastors, for allowing me to be behind your pulpit. This is a wonderful opportunity. Again, uh, never take it lightly. And if you ever have the opportunity to speak the Word, just keep that in mind. It's, it, it's the Word of God that we're handling. It's the Word of God that we're hearing and receiving. And uh, uh, it's, it's precious. It's a precious thing to be able to, to do this. So I'm very honored to be here and, and have the opportunity. Uh, tonight we're going to talk about maintaining the flow. How many likes a flow in your life? The flow of the spirit, flow of joy, flow of peace. But we have to maintain it. A lot of that's our responsibility. And there's a key in here that we'll learn, and the word that we're going to be using a lot is unity. Unity. Unity maintains the flow. And that's something that Jesus operated in and did. And we're about to see this. He operated in unity with the Father. And he says, I don't do anything. We'll go over it. But he says, I don't do anything unless the Father tells me to. So he was yielding himself to the Father. And in unity, working together, miracles were happening. Lives are being changed. So unity in the body of Christ is vital for maintaining the flow of what God has designed for this location. Not just this location, but everywhere. But because we're here, we're going to focus on this part of the body, right? We're going to focus on our part of the body. And I want this message, I want you to hear these things as an edification, exhortation, and comfort, all right? And this is not an indictment towards anybody. There's, there's things when I was going through these notes and I was reading them, I was just like, man, and then I write some things down and I had to slim it down a little bit because it was just, you know, I'm like, okay, I only have like an hour, so I'm not going <laughs> to keep you two hours. So I only have two pages, only on one side, just to let you know. And then I started writing notes on the side. I gotta... <laughs> so I, I want you to hear these things, right? Uh, the Bible says, let them who have ears, let them hear what the word of the Lord is saying. Right? So we want to hear these things in a light that will better us, that will encourage us to become tighter. Pastor used the word synergy, right? Bringing ourselves, so our supply, what we're doing together to bring this cooperation in existence so we can, we can be a, a, a force to be reckoned with in the spirit. Let's put it that way. But it takes unity in order for synergy to actually be functional, right? So unity, here's the definition, is the state of being one. Oneness, being united or combined into one. In mathematical terms, it's a term or the sum of one. So when something adds up and it just gets to one, you can say that the, the answer is unity. It's one. Right? And it's a unit, uh, unity is a unit measurable quantity. A unit is a measurable quantity, whereas unity is uncountable oneness. Unity is uncountable oneness. The state of or fact of being 
an undivided entity. Undivided entity. And we know this from the scripture when Jesus says a house divided against itself cannot stand. So we're talking about unity amongst ourselves. I mean, unity amongst what we do. Now, we may have different functions and we may have different departments or different things like that, but we are all working together for the unity to maintain the flow and the direction that God has for us. That's very important. That's very important. I don't want to get ahead of myself, so I'm going to stay on my notes. A military unit. Think about a military unit. So we said unit is a measurable quantity. Look, a military unit, they know how many guys are in that unit. That's why they don't call it a unity. It's a military unit, right? Because unity, remind, is unmeasurable. That's why as we continue to grow, we can continue to have unity. We continue to have unity. But there's a unit in a military terms. And uh, what we do is we function together. I'm a radio, I was a radio operator. Once a Marine, always a Marine, so sometimes I say, I'm a radio operator. Once a Marine, always a Marine, I'm a radio operator, we'll say it that way. But my part and the guy next to me's part, we're not the same, but we are in the same unit. My job was to maintain communications, his job was to shoot, right? But we work together. Hey, what is the command saying? I would tell him what command saying. His, his job was to... You know, do whatever, hit the target, and then vice versa. If he had a problem, he'd tell me, and I would call back to command or whatever, and then they would tell me what to do, and I'd relay the message. I was kind of like the pigeon, right? <laughs> Flying one and another. <laughs> so we work together in a unit with unity because we had a mission in the military, and when we went on in Afghanistan, Iraq, both places have been there. We all had missions, and there might be several different missions, but the unit that I was a part of was in unity because we all had the goal ahead of us. We had the direction, if we could say it this way, we have the vision of what needs to happen, and we work together to accomplish the mission. And you have those guys who think they know it all, Right? And it caused division. Right? It caused division. It, called, it caused a, a riff in the flow of the operation that we were doing or the job or the, uh, the operation that we were in. Say we had to go conquer, we had to take over this hill, and then you had one guy trying to run south when we needed to go north. But I need you. Hey, radio operator, I can't command anything. I can't say anything. I can't relay back to anybody if you're not with us. Hey, rifleman, I can't say anything. I can't, or you can't protect us. You can't protect what the command is trying to say and do if you're not doing your part. So there's this unit cohesion, a camaraderie, if you will, that happens in the military. And it's an amazing thing, and if I, anybody served or know anybody that serves, it's an amazing thing to see this, uh, we call it brotherhood. And we come from all kinds of walks of life, and they'll make you be a brother. I'll be honest with you. They'll pull you in. And those people who are, might, might not see it the same way, well, we mentor, we train, and we pull them in, and we explain to them what's going on, how to do this. If they don't know, we train them up. That's a part of unity. How many people in here get trained up all the time? 
How many people get some wisdom from people who's been here a while, not directly from pastor? Right? What is that? That's unit cohesion. That's unity. Unity. And not getting upset when we know we have somebody telling us something that will better us. Had those people too, those, those experiences. When you're starting to tell somebody something and then they look. It's like pa- uh, Pastor Jim was talking about this, uh, this morning. His coach was 26 years and you were 17 and you were like, what does he know? <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't work that way. And so he had to learn to operate and listen and learn and pull yourself into unity, not just because they are the coach, but because there's wisdom, there's experience, there's knowledge there that I don't have. And so I yield myself to the higher echelon of leadership, if I can say it that way, yield myself to the, to the office of the pastor Yield myself to those things because why? Because they are, they are the shepherd of the flock. It's important for the safety of our souls that we learn unity and we learn how to maintain the flow through it. I like, I like when, you know, when pastor's here and we're here. I mean, tonight we are flowing in the anointing during praise and worship. And there's a flow that's happening. Well, what was that? What was happening in that time? Every, we were worshiping. We, we had our hands lifted. We were focusing on God. And you can feel the atmosphere change. Why? Because we started getting focused. Singing hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Pull our focus in that. We're being one. Together, lifting up Jesus, and that's when God can show up on the scene and He can change everything. Why? Because we're in one mind, one accord. We're going to see this here in a minute. We're going to see God's action happening in the atmosphere of unity. The flow will flow even bigger, more. Our Lord and Savior stayed in perfect unity with the Father in John 14, 9. John 14, 9. He says, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. He's talking to Philip here. Jesus said unto him, have I been so long time with you, and yet you have not known me? Philip, he that has seen me has seen the Father. And how you say to them, show us the Father. Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The the words that I speak unto you, I speak of not of myself, but what the Father dwells in me. He does the works. He does the works. Jesus was a yielded vessel. He was our example of being in unity with the Father. So we ourselves, if we want to see the works of God in our life, we get into unity with the Father. We get into unity with the Father. We get into unity, unity with Jesus. And so in John 10, 30, he says, I and my Father are one. Another example of what he's saying. He's, he's giving us a picture of how these miracles and how the flow is happening in his life. As his example, it wasn't just that he was, oh, he was the Son of God. No, he had a responsibility to be in unity with the Father for those things to happen. So he said, John 10, 30, I and my Father are one. See, there's a divine flow between Jesus and the Father that was maintained through unity. Maintained through unity. 
If he started not listening to the Father, which Jesus is perfect and he wouldn't do that, then his supply, the unity, then he wouldn't, then it wouldn't have worked. His, 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 that flow would have been cut off. Because Jesus said, we just read it. He's the one that does the works. I, just, I say what my father says. I do what he says. That's why in Romans 8, that's why it's so important that we live out of our spirit, that we walk in the spirit, not of the flesh. Why? Because that brings ourselves in unity with the Holy Spirit that's living inside of us. That way when we're walking in things and we're seeing things, we are in oneness with God. We are together in unity in that. And that way His works and His, His direction will be made manifest. How many want God's direction and works manifest in our life? That's important. And so we see this in Jesus and we, uh, with his, him yielding himself and maintaining that unity. And he even prayed in the garden when he was there. And he said, he goes, if it be possible that this cup pass from me, let it be so. But nevertheless, not my will, but your will. What is he doing? Pulling himself into the will, that he, the, the purpose, the unity that he had with God, the whole reason why he was here. Pulled himself, he's like, hey, if there's a different way, let's, let's do that. But there's no other way, so I'm submitting myself to that. Bringing himself into unity, understanding that I'm here because my father sent me. I, he's here because, you know, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna bring salvation to this, to this place. And not, and not take a selfish look at things and be like, well, I want to do what I want to do. You know that, cha- that chapter and verse when Jesus said, well, when do I get to do what I, I, I want to do? Doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. The, 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 the more we start thinking about uh, ministry, different opportunities that we may have, and just us, the body of Christ as a whole, our operation is not the same operation as the world. We want to take how our bosses and even military, I use that as an example. We want to, I mean, that's good leadership principles, but that's not necessarily exactly how the kingdom works. It's a theocracy. God's in charge. God's, God's the one telling us what, what's our job. Submit. And what does that do? Pull us into unity with the Father. And so we, even though, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but even though we, we are body fitly joined together, Pastor Jim, I, I promise you, we did not share notes this morning or, or anything like that and and so, so there's a lot of things I was like, well, uh, uh, we pretty much are going to be ministering along the same lines. <laughs> but that's unity. I mean, I, I, we didn't talk about it. Somebody said, and I was talking Saturday with a uh, young man, and, and uh, we were sharing some of the same things that he was ministering on about, you know, the body of Christ and, and looking beyond just the surface of things. And he, he looked back, he's like, you guys talked, didn't you? And I said, no, we didn't talk at all. That's an example of being in unity with what God's vision is for this place. As ministers, we got to see that. We got to understand it's not just me wanting to do, it's, it's me submitting myself to what God wants for me to do. And as a church, we have to submit to what God wants to do and get these things, get these, these ideas at times completely out of our mind that, like, we have to have a vote or, a, you know, this is a democracy and, you know, well, let's, let's see if it verifies with a few other people, different things like that. No, not really. The senior pastor is in the shepherd for a reason to help bring that no vote in certain areas. Now, 
I mean, I know that sounds kind of, what? what? I don't like that. I don't like him telling. Again, a theocracy. You have the same Holy Spirit that I have. He's got the same Holy Spirit I have and you have. It'll bear witness with you. It's not, it's not about personal control of you. It's not about controlling your life. Listen, I, I mean, I, we work with Pastor. Many of you know Pastor for many years in here. He's got the best interest of this church at his heart. He wants nothing but success. We as leaders want nothing but success. And that's unity. We want the flow. We want the flow. Amen? So, John 17, 11. This is Jesus again here. John 17, 11. And Jesus is praying. And this is what he prays. This is what Jesus prays for us. And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world. He's basically, he's talking to us. And he says, I come to you, Holy Father, keep through your own name those whom you have given me, that they may be one as we are. So Jesus' prayer for us is that we become one, just as he and the Father was. So it's a direction, a prayer of Jesus, that oneness becomes a part of the church, a part of this body, a part of this, this location, the faith builders. And not only that, guess what? We have another location, Faith Builders Little Rock, that we can become one with. We're in unity with Faith Builders Little Rock. If you're there, you're here. If you're here, you're there. One church just in two locations. Hallelujah. It's amazing. When we go down there, I do, I mean, I mean, you do what you want with this, but when I'm down there, I'm looking for what I can do. What can I help with? What can I do? Get involved. You got an extra microphone? I'll sing on the praise team. Why? This is no, no different. We still got the same anointing from the past senior pastor here that we have there, and vice versa. It's just my other home. <laughs> and when, when you get an opportunity, and I hope you all do get an opportunity to go down there, you, uh, plug in. Just It's your body. It's the body. It's unity. Amen? So he said that. And in verse 21 and 23, he says, That they all may be one. As you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you have sent me. And the glory which you've given me, I have given them, and they may be one, even as we are one. You getting this idea, you getting a picture of the desire of God's heart for all of us to work together in a unit cohesion? In a body of Christ that we are together in a unity. Listen, in a marriage, unity is what really you, you, you have. You are both in units. You are, you, you're a unit. You are agreeing. But if somebody's not flowing in the agreement, there's a disagreement or something like that, then there becomes discord. And then it's not the flow of the home is disrupted. Amen? Arguments, it doesn't have to be anything bad. And then, you know, when you've upset your wife, you know there's a flow disrupted. Here's your food. Throw it down. 
push it away. <laughs> no. But there, you understand what I'm saying, though. Like, when there's something, so there's discord, right? There's a disaccordance, a dis, dis, uh, uh, um, if that makes sense, in the home. And there's a disruption of the flow of the peace, of the joy. And so when you're in a marriage and when you're in a relationship, you are, you are working towards unity in that. You learn what that person likes. And so therefore you, husbands, right? She likes chocolate, flowers. We do those things, right? She doesn't like it when I raise my voice a little bit loud at the sports TV or whatever it might be. Then I don't raise my voice. But then on the other hand, she may not like, you know, or, or uh, she, you know, vice versa, same thing. So then we work on together. We fix those things. We adjust. Why? Because our, our goal in a marriage is to be one. You love them. So you're going to work towards being one with them. That's why love is not a feeling. Why it's not an emotion. It's a spiritual connection. It's a spiritual thing. It's a something that you have to work towards. Like renewing your mind and the spirit into the things of God. You have to work on it. You have to work on it. And what is it doing? Every time you're working on it, you're bringing yourself into a more stable environment of unity with that person. Right? And that's just a general overview. And, of course, there's a lot of details and things like that. And I'm, I'm not marriage counseling. But, there's the, you know, you, you work at it. Same thing in the church. Same thing in the body of Christ. We work on it. We learn and we adjust and we move. Hey, oh, found out that that's not that doesn't flow. That doesn't work. Then don't keep doing it and expecting a different outcome. Amen. We adjust. We adjust. So Jesus was in a flow with God, God, doing good works, healing, and setting the captives free. And Jesus' prayer for us is that we enter into this unity that the world may believe in him. We said, the pastor says it this way, that miracles are the dinner bill. I mean, when there's good works going on and miracles happening, people get curious. They want to know what's going on. When you start becoming financially blessed, that you're rolling around in a nice uh, brand new Denali or something like that, right? And you're rolling around in that and people want to know, how in the world did you do that? It wasn't how in the world, is how in the word did I do that? And you start sharing the good works? You start, start sharing those things? Because God, I'm in one with God, I'm in unity, I'm in the flow that God has for my life. That's how it happens. And people start seeing those good works, and why? And then it becomes a witness. And then you're grabbing people's attention. Why? Because that's the way God just said, that they may see, right? That the world may believe that you have sent me. That they may believe in Jesus. Why? Because the word works if you work it, but you have to maintain unity. You can't be uh, 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 envying and strifeful and selfish, and right? I'm not perfect in this. Please don't hear. I told you, let them that have ears, let them hear. I'm listening to myself preach. Amen. So we're working on it. Check this out. A bad witness to the world is dysfunction, disorder, and slander. 
It's like, <laughs> pastors use this in the past. If you've been divorced 18 times, I'm not coming to you for marriage advice. That's not a good witness for marriage, right? <laughs> no. That's not a good witness for marriage. But those people who have been married for 40, 50, 60 years, I might ask them a thing or two. Why? Unity. They figured something out. Praise God. So we, won't, we don't want dysfunction in the church. We don't want disorder in the church. The Bible says, let everything be done with decency and in order. In order. You know, this is a good example. <clears throat> we talked about being the body of Christ. And uh, we all have functions. It's kind of like having an engine and just saying, well, I'm just oil. I don't, they don't need me. You're just oil? Yeah, they change me out all the time. Your vital part. I'm just one piston. Just stop functioning. See what happens to that engine. I'm just a spark plug. How about this? I'm just a screw. Just a little screw. This came to me. You know, recently there was an airplane that was taken off from Denver that was going was supposed to go to Hawaii. And I... They were showing pictures and stuff, and thank God, they landed and no loss of life. I mean, they called it a catastrophic event and stuff, and they showed pictures of it and stuff, and I saw the picture of the, the, end, the right engine blew, blew up, blew out or something. Of course, they don't know what happens. The investigation's going on, but it hit me because every little rivet, if you've ever been on a plane, you looked out, you see all those rivets in there, serve a purpose, and I, and I was thinking about this analogy, be like, well, I'm just a screw, you know, like, what? Are, I mean, I'm not that important. One of those little screws could have been the reason why that thing blew up, why it went out, could have fell out, came loose, and it went into the engine and threw some things around because that screw didn't feel like he was important enough. He felt like, oh, I'm just a screw. I'm just, I'm not going. They don't need me. And dysfunction happened. And a catastrophe happened. Thank God no lives were lost. But the moral of the story is if you've got a screw loose, you better tighten it up. <laughs> we have no room in the ministry for loose screws. Everybody has a part to play in the overall flow and picture of unity in the body of Christ. Amen? Don't be loose screws. Don't think of yourself too high and mighty that you are so good to be that person who turns the screw that needs tightening. And don't think of yourself that you're the screw getting tight that you don't have a purpose. We all have a purpose in the unity and the synergy that's supposed to be brought to this thing called Christianity so we can show that Jesus is real and that the good works may be manifest. Miracles don't happen in dysfunction. 
People look at that and they call you what? Hypocrites. I'm not trying to, I'm not being mean. I'm just saying like in generally, not saying you guys, just anybody. When people (laughs) are operating in dysfunction in something and they're not flowing with the leadership or the, the, the direction of the, put it this way, the vision of the church, it causes a rift or, or, or dysfunction because, listen, that's, number one, the vision's safety because the people will perish if there's not a vision. But the vision is also a direction. And Amos 3.3, we'll get to it in a little bit, says, how, how can two people travel together unless they don't agree? Agree what? On a direction. And the New Living Translation says it that way. And that direction is the vision of this house. And so what do we do? We come into agreement with the vision. And that brings the unity because now we're going all in the same direction. To build people's faith and frame their world by the word of God. Because I want to build faith. I don't want to build a kingdom. I'm talking about build God's kingdom, yes. But I don't want for myself. I'm not trying to gather people to me. That's a house destined to fail. Because that's not bringing oneness. That's not bringing unity. Because Jesus' prayer was clear to us that we become one with God and Jesus. And we've got to look beyond the surface of things like, well, we talk about Hebrews uh, 10.25. We talk about, oh, you know, don't forsake the assembling of ourselves and all these things like that. When you hear that coming from your pastor and from leaders talking about you, you, we need to be, you need to be in church. That's not a surface thing of just counting heads or attendance check. By the way, that word attendance, if you look it up, the root word is actually pay attention. Attendance actually means pay attention. So that's why some people, they can come, but they're not attending. So I, was, I'm att- I attend that church. Do you pay attention? Because if you're paying attention, you'll find the flow of unity and the flow and the direction of the vision of the house that you can grab a hold right along. And even if it is going 100 miles per hour, there's a handle that you can grab a hold on. <laughs> Let's go! Right? Because there's a place... No loose screws. There's a place. We need all the rivets we can have. I mean, if you look at that engine, I mean, there's rivets all over that thing. And uh, there was a historical documentary that I was watching not too long ago. Well, it's been a while back, but it was about the space race and different things like that. And they were showing pictures of all these engines and things like that. And they were, uh, they were saying they're having a problem with something. I don't remember what it was. Something with the airflow and it would cause the... It would shudder and break apart. Well, they figured out the problem was the rivets. They needed more rivets. It wasn't riveted enough. So when you start seeing, you know, some big engines and different things like that, they all have those rivets in there. Those are all serving a purpose. It's just not, oh, well, let's put an extra one in there just in case. <laughs> not a just in case. Nobody in here is a just in case. Nobody is a just-in case. Unless your name is Justin Case. <laughs> I had to. It was there. It was there. Unity 
unity in the body. Why? Because we are stronger together. We are, we, we can, oh man, it's kind of like uh, uh, if you are shoveling snow, thank God it's warming up, thank you Jesus. <clears throat> but if you're one person with one shovel, take you a little bit. But if you got three people out there shoveling, get it done quickly. You get five people out there with shovels faster. You get 15 people all together having their own shovels, somebody walking behind with some salt, everybody just get, hey, you just get this little square, done. How fast would that job be done when you have unity of everybody working together on something? How quickly can something be accomplished? Jim was mentioning this morning about time. Pastor says it this way. He said, time is narrowing. We have to have unity for the flow and the direction God has now more than ever so we can be like the snow shoveler. We all grab a shovel. We have our own square. And before you know, we're done. What's next? If we all started grabbing something and moving chairs to one side or the other, guess what? It wouldn't take very long at all, but... You have, you have the head usher being the only one moving something around here. He'd be here all night. Bless you, brother. <laughs> Do you see how important unity is? And then we bring our spiritual supply of unity. Whew. Greater works than these will you do because I go to the Father? Praise God. I'm only halfway done. Look at my notes. I'll hurry up here. So all through the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2, verse 1. I want to go here. This is where the flow of the Holy Spirit began in an atmosphere of unity, and it marked the activity of the church. Right? So chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, and half of them were there, one was focused on the other ministry that they wanted to go do, and the other one was playing cards in the corner. No, that's not, not there. Not there. <laughs> what kind of translation do I have? No. Not there. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. This accord means with one mind, one passion. With one accord, we were in agreement. We were together. We were there with a purpose. Jesus said, go, tarry in Jerusalem. Guess what? We went and tarried in Jerusalem. And we were all together in one place. And then suddenly there came a sound from his heaven as a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting. And we know this, the Holy Spirit had filled them like cloven tongues, cloven, cloven, cloven. Let's just read it. And there, we're all filled with the Holy Ghost, made to speak with other tongues, the Spirit gave them utterance. Right? Okay. So we're seeing something here. So they were one accord. And then Acts 1.14 says that they were one accord in prayer. And these all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. 
with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus and his brethren. So there's one accordness, there's unity in prayer. That's why it's important that we have corporate prayer together. So not an indictment. I understand that there's things that sometimes you're working on or whatever. But not forsaking the corporate prayer. Why? Because it's biblical. Can you see this happen right before the Holy Spirit was poured out? That's why it's important. We should pick up our prayer cues from our pastor. Why? Because he's hearing the direction for our body, for this church. He's the appointed shepherd. He's the one that God said, hey, this is where you are to be and pastor these people like never before. All right. He's all in. And we submit ourselves to that shepherding. Right? And so when we're submitting ourselves, that we're going to hear what he's praying. We're going to see what he's saying. And we're going to get together and get in. And we're going to pull in unity in prayer, in corporate prayer, in places like, in whatever, in this service, we're going to pull in that direction, that same direction that he's going. Why? Because there are things that God, the flow, maintaining the flow that he's trying to get to us. That's why we bring our supply. That's not necessarily for the pastor. I mean, it is. But, but it's like Paul. Pray for that there may be an effectual door of utterance that I may be able to speak to you. Right? Leaders, when, when people are speaking, bring in your supply. Right? Bring in your supply to that. Bring in, so utterance can be heard in an atmosphere of unity, pulling on those things. Right? And so Acts 2.46, they were daily with one accord. I'm going to go through these quickly. Acts 4.24, you can write them down. They stood against adversity with one accord. Peter and John, they were... They were uh, uh, caught up, they got mad because uh, they were doing good works. And so they came together with their own company and then they stood together and they said, Lord, behold their threatenings. When they heard, they lifted their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God, which has made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them. Right? One accord. They stood against together. That's why it's important to be connected in your local church. We can stand with you. Can't stand with nobody. Right? I know it sounds funny, but I can't stand with you if you're not here. That's like having a special unspoken prayer request. Don't exist. Got a special unspoken. Well, you praying on your own because I don't know what I'm praying. Well, just pray for me. Okay, I'll pray for you, but I'm not sure what, what's going on. You know, you read something this morning about uh, uh, Demas forsaking Paul. And the scripture above it was talking about, pray, come to me quickly. And it hit me this morning, why would Paul, excellent writer, writing the churches, ask for those people to come to him. Think about that for a second. Because there are things that we, we were talking about this morning, that we receive in an atmosphere of unity in a corporate environment that I could be speaking right now that you're receiving from. And Pastor Michelle's here when she starts speaking. And when you're, you're, you're here and she can see something or sense something and know, and the Holy Spirit says, say this, do this. 
Pray for that person. But I can't pray for anybody if they're not here. They can't do that. They can't do that. Now, I know we have technology, but Paul had letters. Why didn't he write? Well, see that, see that you get this letter quickly. I'll write to you again because I've got some things I need to get to you. That's good, but what's best is being in the room where the anointing is. Being in the room. You know, Elijah, Elisha and Elijah, Elijah, he said, stay here. And he said, not so. I'll be with you. And who got it? The 50 sons of the prophet? Elisha. And what was his job? Pulling himself into unity with Elijah. Why? Because he says, all right, you ask a hard thing. If you see me when I go... Or another translation, the proper way to say it, if you see the way I see when I go, it's yours. So Elisha pulled himself into unity with Elijah. I know where I'm supposed to be at. I'm going to be here. I'm going to be next to him. Why? There's something that I'm wanting. I'm wanting that. Anybody, I, I, I do this. I'll put myself into this boat. Sometimes I... I look at Pastor and I see, I mean, just the blessing on his life and there's things that's happening and I think, wow, that's awesome. I want that. I'd like to do that. I'd like to be that. I'd like to have that. Not being covetous or anything like that. But what, is, what am I doing? I, I'm seeing something and then I pull myself into an attitude. It's like, if you want what they have, do what they do. And there are other, I mean, there's... There are people that I, I look up to, and I watch, and I, and I do as much as I can, read their books, and, and get into the, to that mindset. Okay, I'm going I'm to follow as close as I can, because what you have, Elisha followed in unity. He wasn't going against something. When Elisha said something that we, Elijah said something to Elisha, he probably followed through with it. Except for the time he told him to stay. <laughs> Not so. And he was recognizing the office. He was recognizing the anointing. It wasn't just the personality. It wasn't just the, 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 the status or whatever. It was, he was pulling on the, the design and the anointing that God had on his life. Not just wanting to be like that person, just to be like that person. Wanting to change lives. Wanting to make an impact. Because we can want something so bad and misuse it. And not know how to operate in it. We got to know, and, and, and Pastor says it this way, you got to ask yourself, why are you doing what you're doing? And that's a good reminder. To always ask, why am I doing this? Why am I in this? Because God called me. Well, that's a part of it. But it's to impact lives. He impacted yours, changed your life around. We want to impact others as well too, right? We're maintaining the flow. Praise the Lord. So New Testament instruction continually refers to our unity. Romans 15, 5. Romans 15, <clears throat> verse 5. 
says, Now the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like-minded one toward another, according to Jesus Christ Jesus, that you may be one, with one mind and one mouth glory, glorify God and even the Father of your Lord Jesus Christ. So we're together growing in unity, lifting up together Jesus, lifting up and glorifying God together in unity. And in Philippians 1.27, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Philippians 1.27 says, Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs that you, uh, that, you be, sorry, that you stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. This is a working together. This is working together. Whether that be youth ministry, children's ministry, usher department, praise and worship, we're working together as a unit. It's like that radio. I'm a radio operator. He's a rifleman, but we're in the same unit. We're together. We're both Marines, right? But my specific job is not your specific job, but my job doesn't count any less than what that job is. He needs me and I need him. Right? That's why collectively as a whole, we, I'll go back to it, you are an important part of the engine. No loose screws. Amen? I like this in, in the woost, in the weast. See to it that you recognize your responsibility as citizens of heaven. It's our responsibility. And put yourselves, another personal thing, right? Put ourselves in absolute necessity of performing the duties devolving, which means de delegated power, upon you in that position. Doing this in a manner which weighs as much as the good news concerning Christ. That's why what you do is so important. Why? Because it's bringing the good news of Christ. If you're not bringing the good news of Christ, what are you bringing? That's why it's important. What you do is bringing that. It's just as important. Right? It says, in order that whether having come and having seen, uh, seen you or whether being absent, I'm hearing the things concerning you, namely that you are standing firm in one spirit, holding your ground with one soul contending as a team of athletes do in perfect cooperation with one another for the faith, the Christian system of belief, namely the good news. Do in perfect cooperation with one another, contending as a team of athletes. I think it's interesting when the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, not this year, last year, when they won the Super Bowl, the organization of the Chiefs, they sent out over 700 Super Bowl rings. And you know who got it? Everybody on the organization. And even those who weren't even on the team roster. Not even, I mean, the secretaries at the front desk got a, a Super Bowl ring. Right? 
Why? Because it, they recognized that it took everybody in the organization to get where they, where they got and they, where they, when they won. Took everybody. And the honor was returned to them. We have the, the Bible, the Weiss translation clearly states that we are an operation of a team. And our team, you may not be the quarterback. Use that as an example. You may not even be a running back or defensive tackle or anything like that. You may not be anything on the field. You may be the one squirting water, right? Or the one working at the desk at the front counter. But it's all a part. Cooperating together. Working together. And the head coach can't coach unless somebody's there. You can't, you can't get it done. Is he going to try to coach himself and throw and then run out and try to catch it? I'd like to see that. That'd be kind of funny, actually. <laughs> would never happen. You wouldn't make it to the Super Bowl. <laughs> you wouldn't make it the first game. <laughs> funny example, but it hope it paints a picture of you, a picture for you, not of you. We're working together. We're not alone on there. So we got to do this in perfect cooperation with one another and recognizing that that job is not any more or any less important than what I'm doing. The senior pastor's job, I know this, I'm, I'm not degrading it, so please don't hear this, is, is important, but it's just as important as the children's pastors or the helps ministries. It's like the coach trying to play the game himself. Can't do it. That's why we work together in perfect cooperation. Because that will maintain the flow of the direction of God for this place. And you'll start seeing the, the, the works of God being manifest like never before. Why? Because that's where it's blessed. And I'm going to skip down to it here in a minute. But First uh, Peter 1, uh, 3, 8 says, be of one mind. Let's go there real quick. 1 Peter 3, 8. says, finally, be you all of one mind, having compassion one of another. Love as brethren. Be pitiful, be merciful, be courteous. So, this action, if you start looking at it, is outward. Be of one mind, having compassion towards one another. Loving, merciful, pitiful, be courteous towards one another. So there's an outward action here. But there's a goal inward. And we know this. What is the goal of the Christian life? Maturity, spiritual maturity. So we can work on ourselves, just like we used as an example in, in, in a relationship and marriage, working towards unity perfect unity, cooperation, oneness. And so we work on ourselves when we hear something from the Word, we discover it in the Word, and we go, ooh, I need to fix that. I need to work on that. What does that do? Just one more step towards maturity, and the outward action displays it. You know what that's also called? Developing the character of Christ. Because you're changing something. You're renewing your mind to the things that God wants for you and the direction that He wants for you. And as you're developing and changing that mind, excuse me, as you're changing or renewing your mind to the things that God has designed and you're pulling yourself into uh, 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 that, 
that direction that God has for you, you're pulling yourself into the character of Christ. When you see it in the Word, you start discovering, you hear those things, and you're like, oh, I need to fix that. Oh, I need to adjust that. I need to, I need to make sure I'm doing that. You're developing the character of Christ. The Word of God, when we see it in there, what is it? It's developing the character of Christ. It's His Word to us, how we're supposed to live, breathe, move, what we're supposed to do as, as Christians, as, as, as believers. And it develops that character. And then there's an outward expression when we start considering other people and how we treat other people. And as a collective body, when we start doing that and develop the character of Christ, it's like the snow shovel thing. When we all start loving the way Christ really wants us to love one another, like he said, could you imagine? Listen, I know that people have, their lives have been changed because of when I come here, I experience love like I've never experienced in a church. And then they'll name people. Oh, man, Rosemary was one of them. Praise God for Rosemary. Rosemary was one of them. She was a greeter and loved people as they came in the door. Well, what if us, all in unity, developed that love that she had, learned from that, operated in that unity of love? That'd be like a ping pong when you come in. Ping, ping, ping. Love, love, love. Love, 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 love. <laughs> And experiencing something greater that people are just like, whoa. There's something worth having here. It's unity. Belonging. Flowing. Maintaining the flow. Amen? And so it's uh, uh, mind renewal. So being in unity is not all about you. Remember that verse that doesn't exist when Jesus said, what about me? What's, you know, when do I get to do what I want to do, God? <laughs> doesn't exist. And so unity, when he pulled himself in unity, was, there was such a fulfillment in Jesus' life. And there's a fulfillment when you're ministering to somebody. When you, I mean, it, not behind the pulpit exactly. Just when you when you're are uh, uh, with somebody and you're sharing God's goodness with somebody. Like, I get so fulfilled in sharing what God has done for me and sharing the goodness of God with somebody, and it's just so satisfying. It's like, oh, man, because it's not nothing I did. He's the one who did the work in my life, and I'm sharing the good work that he did. And I'll continue to experience good works in my life. Why? Because I'm following. I'm in oneness. I'm in unity with the Father, unity with Jesus. And then the overall direction for the church when we start listening to our, to our spiritual leaders and, we're in our, and our pastors, right? And we see that and we get behind it and we start pulling. Man, what a sight that would be. And I'm not saying anybody's doing it. I'm just saying as, as, as a whole. Just we, I mean, I believe that we are unified here at Faith Builders. But we always bring it to another level. That's a great thing about God. Nobody's perfect. Some people have achieved more in different areas, but there's always more to achieve. There's always more to, room to grow. Amen? Amos 3.3 3 in the Young's Little Translation says, Can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? No. They can't. I use this as an example. Uh, 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 going to a restaurant. Uh, say McDonald's. Anyway. 
you and a friend or somebody is like, hey, you want to go to McDonald's? Uh, sure. Which one? And you're driving separately or whatever. You've got to establish which one you're going to. You've got to agree on the direction. Which one? You going here to DeSoto? Are you going to one in Kansas City? Are you going to Olathe? Which one are you going to? There's plenty of them out there. But you understand, like, okay, we're going to do that. But if you don't have the direction, which one? You guys can both be eating by yourself. Don't be eating by yourself. Don't be by yourself. Selfish people usually find themselves alone. And if I can say that like, like this, usually in the, in the military, when you had that person that was not in the unit, like unity with you in the direction of the mission, they were being selfish or whatever. We had this as an example, matter of fact, and I was just sharing this the other day. Uh, we had a guy who was wanted to do, and he didn't want to drive the vehicle, and he wanted to do something else, and he wanted, you know, he wanted to be the one carrying the rifle in front of the general and all this other stuff. And there was, and it was just, I mean, day after day. But he was picked to be on the team because he had a license to be able to drive that specific vehicle. And he came on knowing that that's what that you're going to do. That yes, you can. You're you're infantryman. You're different things like that. But you're coming on as a driver. Okay, good. But then it changed somewhere along the line where he was like, "But I want to do that. What are you going to let me go out and do that?" And I and and it caused a problem because then there was a lack of a driver. We didn't have we didn't have unlimited resources for what we were doing, uh, <clears throat> and and so. We couldn't really just take people from wherever, but we trained together. We did all this stuff together. We were together in unity, and everybody had their part. And so this guy became selfish along the way and wanted to do his own thing, and it caused a problem in our unit where we were down a vehicle because we didn't really trust him to go out and not cause a problem because he already backed the truck into a ditch one time with the sergeant major in it. Not that he didn't know how to drive. He was so focused on wanting to do something else. He was just mad and offended and upset about everything. And I'm like, they don't even let me out of the truck. You get to go drive and you got to, you know, like, you know, whatever. But like anytime when we had one little skirmish, we had one thing that was happening and, uh, during that time. And, and uh, they let me open the back door. The commander did. He, he goes, open it up. Close it. All right, you're done. You know, whatever. And I was like, what? I was like, Captain, what's going You know, like, why don't you want me out? He goes, because you're the communicator, and we need communications. Your job is to be inside the vehicle. And, of course, you know, me being, you know, there, I was like, ah, you know, whatever. So I kind of understood where this other guy was coming from. But I recognized that I had a job to do. And he became selfish, and he became alone. Whether that's right or wrong, it, it just happened that way because nobody really wanted to associate themselves with that selfishness. And I'm painting this picture because if you start becoming, I'm going to say it this way, if you start becoming selfish in ministry, you start becoming a lone sheep. And lone sheeps die because they're cut off from the flock and they're easy pickings. 
You know, when you're together, if you ever see like when their sheep are together and a predator starts trying to come in, sometimes when they're getting up close and everybody's moving together, as a, they're bigger, it's harder to catch. And they're moving around and, and stuff. And so that wolf or whatever predator is trying to snap a leg and he can't because he doesn't know which one to focus on. But if that sheep is by himself, all focus is on that one. I'm painting that picture because it's important that we stay together in unity in recognizing if I'm just a screw, I have a part. Right? <laughs> Psalms 133. This will be my last scripture here. Praise the Lord. You guys getting something out of this? Yes. Psalms 133. <clears throat> One through three. We've heard this. Pastor Michelle has been ministering this a few times in prayer and talking about unity. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down uh, upon the beard, even Aaron's beard that went down to the skirts of his garments. And as the dew of Hermon, and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion, there, uh, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. So, here, you got to understand that behold recognizes that you can see unity. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is. You can see the goodness and the pleasantness of being in unity. That's what we're talking about. If everybody uh, uh, developed the love walk like Rosemary or somebody like that that's impacted people with just loving people, if everybody developed it, behold, that would be beholding. <laughs> behold. How good that is. So unity is visible. It's important to know. Because if I start thinking something differently, or if I start trying to get out of unity, it, you can see it or feel it. Let, it, let, let a timing belt get off of, of a car. You'll feel it. Let the oil drain out. Because after all, they just drain me. <laughs> I'm not that important. No, you're important. You've got a place in the body. You've got a place in this faith builders. You are somebody here. Not better, not worse. You are somebody. We all. Oh, there, when, when the Bible says that there's no, no male nor female... No Jew nor Greek. Guess what? It's all even playing field. But we all have our part. Right? And so unity is recognizable. And the anointing on the head flows to the body. That's a biblical order of operations. You can't, you can't ignore it. As it flows from the head down to the body. And it doesn't necessarily talk about pooling at the, the anointings down at the bottom of the thing. Listen, when you're in a room and the anointing and when you're hearing something is just as good in the back row, right? 
Amen? Than it is in the front row, right? Amen. You hear just as clearly as you do because thank God for technology. It doesn't mean that the anointing's stronger. It just means that it's covering. Covering. But as it starts here, it goes down. That's why it's important to recognize and honor the office of the pastor. You honor the office of the pastor because that's the head. That's the, that's the direction of, of the church. That's the design that God made for the church. The shepherd giving us direction. Remember? Prodding them with, the, with the, the, the sheep rod, whatever you want to call it. Just, yay, get in line, right? Get over here. Hook them up. Pull them over. Bringing safety in because we don't want lone sheep, right? We don't want no screws loose. Amen. So the Lord, here's the thing. He said that he commands the blessing in the same context as unity. So there's a commanded blessing that the Lord commands on unity. And we maintain the flow of unity. We maintain the flow of the anointing. We maintain the flow of the direction when we're in unity. And then he says, hey, there's unity. Let me command a blessing on that. That's why when you're in unity in a relationship, marriage, right? The blessing is commanded on that. When you're on a team here at Faith Builders, when you're on the praise team and you're in unity, the blessing's commanded. In children's department, you're in unity. The blessing is commanded. I want the commanded blessing in my life. And I don't care what part of the body I am. If I'm the armpit, <laughs> armpits have purpose. I will do my best to be in unity. Nobody likes being the armpit. I'll take it. I don't care because the same part of the body. Listen, when this glorified body, and I say glorified body, gets to heaven, guess what? I believe we'll still have armpits. It's kind of funny, but I need that. Because if not, I'm walking around like this the whole time. What are you doing? Gloom and glory to God. I need it. We need it. We need that unity flowing in our body. We, don't, we, we, we need each other. Even more as the day approaching, as Hebrews 10 talks about. And I talked about that a little bit about the surface, just thinking of attendance. You know, when somebody's saying, hey, you know, haven't seen you in a while. Where have you been? You know, we want to see you. We want to see you. It's not so much that... Uh, uh, that we want to count heads or that you get to hear what I have to say it has nothing to do with that. Look beyond that. Look beyond that. Look at verse first. Well, let's go there real quick. Hebrews 10. Praise God. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 10. Verse 24. Uh, let's do uh, 25. This is the one. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. As the manner of some is, but exhorting. Now, say, as the manner of some is, is basically saying that some, some people do this. Some people's custom is to not assemble. He's like, don't, for, don't do that, right? And it says, uh, and so much more as you see the day approaching. What day? The coming of the Lord. 
But here's the thing. Go to verse 20, 24. Why do we want people here? And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and unto good works. It's not a period. It's a semicolon, so it continues, not forsaking. It's kind of like, I can't pray for you, or I can't, you know what I'm saying? I can't, I can't be in a relationship with you and recognize and see you and help provoke you if you're not around. That's why unity is built in relationship. I can have a relationship on my TV all day long, but nobody on that other end of the TV is having a relationship with me. All I am doing is just, hey, that's great. Good job. And then be like, I see him on the street or whatever. Be like, hey, Pastor so-and-so or hey. You know, they're like, hey, well, thank you. Thank you for watching. You know, whatever. I'm not saying Christian TV or anything's bad. I'm, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that there is a, a purpose for the local church and sitting under and being connected and being under the anointing and being able to provoke. It's just not the pastor's job. It doesn't say, pastors, let us consider pastors, let us uh, pastors provoke unto love and good works. No, it says, let us consider one another. So we what? Provoke. And in, in, in the uh, amplified, I think it, if you have that amplified, praise God. Let us consider and give attentive, continuous care. Well, remember we learned about what attention, paying attention, focusing, continuous care to watching over one another, studying how we may stir up, stimulate, and incite to love and helpful deeds and noble activities. Verse 24. Not forsaking or neglecting to assemble together. Assemble as talking about unity. Neglecting unity together as believers, as the habit of some people, but admonishing, warning, urging, and encouraging one another. Warning, urging, and encouraging. How many times have we sat here, I've got warnings, I've got encouraging, right? <clears throat> one another, and the more faithfully as you see the day approaching. You got to look beyond sometimes when you hear, you know, the leadership or something. When you say, hey, hey, policy says this or, you know, we're just looking for you on there. Well, you just want to control me. No, that has nothing to do with that. I, I want to stir you up. As iron sharpens iron, so does the countenance of a friend. But if there's no other piece of iron, I'm dull. Biblical principles. How can you argue with that? How can you say, well, he understands. <laughs> we read it over the offering. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. He's not, he's not fooled is what basically it's saying. He can't be outwitted. You need to deceive yourself. Woo. Thank you, Jesus, for this word. <laughs> And I ask myself two questions. Anytime there, and that is rare, but anytime there's an opportunity for me to not be 
here in church because I schedule things around. That's just that's me and that's how I operate. Family knows that as well too. We just this is who we are. This is what we do. This is my honor towards God to be here. But I ask myself two questions. What am I missing? And what am I not giving? Those go hand in hand. There was a time, Jeremy, we were a couple Sundays ago. Pastor said, give that message in tongues. What if I wasn't here? And then you interpreted. What if you weren't there to exercise those spiritual gifts, exercise those, those things in a safe environment? And then what did it bring? Edification, exhortation, and comfort. What would I miss if I'm not in my place? What would I miss if I'm that screw that just doesn't care? That I don't really mean anything. But you do. You mean the world. Let's put it this way. You mean a life to Jesus. He didn't die on the cross for nobody. He died on the cross for everybody, for somebody, and that somebody is you, and he's pulling us all into unity, because when we get to heaven, guess what? We'll be unified. We're practicing it now. Just like we practice walking in love, we practice unity. We renew our mind to it. But that's the way I wouldn't do it. Well, are you in charge of that? No. Then don't. Don't submit yourself to that. <laughs> or maybe, hey, I got, a, I, got a, I got an idea. I got a way to maybe fix that or get this idea. Meet with them. Talk with them. Anyway. You guys get something out of that tonight? Yes. Unity. Unity. That's important. Father, we thank you, Lord, for unity. Lord, we thank you for your unity. Lord, as we continue to grow in the things that you have set for us, the flow, the direction of this ministry, Lord, we thank you, Lord, that we are attaching ourselves one to another, pulling each other along, provoking people unto good works to continue to fulfill the plan and purpose that you have for us. Lord, we thank you for good works being displayed because we pull ourselves into that unity that you've designed and that people may see that you sent your son, truly sent your son, and they may that they may believe on you. And we thank you, Lord, for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. amen.